1: to start winning.
2: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, Touchdown!
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to roto Overtime on roto Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are one day away from the Sunday slate of the NFL action for week 10. We do have the Thursday night football in the books, but we're going to focus on a couple of different topics outside of that as we look through uh, some more of the pieces that maybe we didn't touch on that uh, you've had up on the website this week. We're going to look through a couple of interesting players who maybe... This might be your last opportunity to buy them before they bounce back in a major way. Um, and, you know, we're getting ready for that playoff run, Sean. If you can get these superstars on the rosters who maybe are a little bit below market value at the moment, owners may be concerned. I think uh, that's going to be a fun conversation in today's edition. All set for week uh, week 10. Is this going to be back to the the high scoring that we, we like to see get those points on the board? Or is it going to be more of the... The week nine shenanigans?
3: I think it'll be high scoring, high flying. That's what we would like to see. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs going back, scoring a ton of points. Uh, right now, as listeners are listening to this column, we are back in time slightly and, and kind of project forward. If this morning's reports are anything to go by, there's a pretty good chance that either your Packers or my Chiefs are now in position to have. Odell Beckham out there running the incorrect routes and then complaining to the quarterback that he was wide open. Why didn't you hit me 35 yards down the field when I was not where I was supposed to be? So we'll see how that elevates either Patrick Mahomes or or Aaron Rodgers as they go down the stretch
1: yeah it's, it's another layer to add to that chiefs uh you know the, the tape before the the chiefs Packers super bowl so who who gets odell but yeah all joking aside the listeners will know i would imagine at this point as we record this one on wednesday evening the news kind of circulating that likely the chiefs the packers are uh the, the saints but at the moment it looks like the packers are are not willing to come up with too much uh, cash to get them on board so we'll see what happens It's gonna be interesting um Usually the Packers' name gets thrown into these situations to try and, you know, get other people to pay more money, and that's kind of what tends to happen. The Packers, as we know, the the splashes and free agency can be few and far between, but it, it's going to be fun. Um, so hopefully he's ended up with the Packers. One interesting show. Oh, so you're
3: rooting for for Elda for Beckham to be there with you, with your squad.
1: I'm always rooting to have uh, as many good players on the roster as possible. We did talk off air, I believe it was, uh, and we we did talk a little bit about the Packers Chiefs game on Tuesday show. But after we were talking, and you know, we did say about you know the wide receiver room and how things could shake out there. There's always been talk of you know Devontae Adams being the the number one guy there, and then you know there is options behind, but for different reasons. The big thing is that Robert Tunyon is out for the season, and there's you know that he, he's not gonna be replaced fully at tight end but what i was going to touch on is did see some interesting reports over the last kind of 48 hours of potentially sliding alan lazard and towards tight end for the remainder of the season which i think could be could be quite interesting if that did occur um in my opinion the best blocking wide receiver in the nfl but um yeah uh, look odell may have lost it but if we're going to find out if he hasn't lost it, if we get him with Holmes or Rogers, we're going to find out very, very quickly.
3: Well, the Chiefs have been willing to find out on some of these guys in the last several years what they found out on Le'Veon Bell. And I, I mean, it's still early with Josh Gordon. I think you've got to give some of these guys a little bit more of an opportunity. Hopefully he emerges, but the early results haven't shown a difference-making receiver there. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that, that he sticks with, your or you know lands with your Packers because one of the guys we have on a lot of teams and one of the players who is the best sort of buy low and not really a buy low because people are not going to be selling Tyreek Hill but a bounce back candidate who could really elevate teams down the stretch one of the things that I've been including in some of the Monday articles we have a really cool monday review tool that matt spencer and dave Cabin have built and you can go in and you can look at these guys who have a big gap between their weighted opportunity rating which looks at targets air yards and, and air share and then just how well they're converting that right so you have the receiving air conversion ratio one of the players who really jumps out with the huge gap right now over the last three weeks is tyree kill now he did have the big game in there a couple weeks ago allowing us to hold off travis kelsey owners but he's caught 22 of his 38 targets he's at a 30% target share he's at a 43% air share those are not surprising numbers for Tyree Hill in this offense one of the things that they have appeared to do uh, as they started to struggle is to emphasize Hill even a little bit more now he's gone out on a lot of plays when he's not the target when he's in the game and you know, Mahomes is looking to him repeatedly his air yards over this stretch you know 445 he's only caught 180 yards worth Right. So when you're looking at that massive gap, you're thinking what might have been. Now, if you've had a chance to watch the games and the Chiefs are one of the teams that you know do factor into some of these national telecasts, you'll note that although the connection overall appears fine, we talked about how Mahomes hit Hill on play to get the first down to end that game against the Green Bay Packers. It is a situation where the long passes haven't been there. And I think that that's one of the things that can be overlooked one of the big differences i feel like between the chiefs and the bills and really a change that i do expect the bills to make is that hill has still been extremely involved whereas the bills have let stefan diggs kind of fade out of the game plan we haven't seen as many of these deep targets to diggs you know you can sit back there in your shell defense and say, you know, throw it underneath, but that doesn't mean that Tyreek Hill can't still get behind you. He's done that successfully multiple times over the stretch and Mahomes hasn't been able to make the connection. Now, one of the things about this is those are difficult plays, right? When you're trying to throw the ball 60 yards in the air, That's going to be a little bit of a different story than when you're trying to throw it five yards or 10 yards or in the Chiefs case and in many of the team's cases right now when you're throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. Now you expect to complete those plays. This connection from Hill and Mahomes is coming. We're going to have another 40-point game from, from Tyreek Hill in the near future. Diggs is not on this list because his weighted opportunity rating is very, very poor. But that's the thing that I think is going to change for him is that his usage is going to explode over this next month as the bills remember you know look we we have a superstar here he can get open at every level of field he's going to start doing that we have to i mean you see it in all different kinds of sports right it's kind of this age-old tension this battle of when you go out there whether you're on a basketball court you're on the football field you know, you're trying to figure out what you need to do to counteract someone in a tennis match this idea of do you take what the defense gives you Do you take what the opponent gives you or do you sort of enforce your will? And the answer in most cases is some combination of those two things, right? You have to understand what the opponent is doing and react to that, but you have to be able to do the things that you do. You have to be able to run your offense. You have to make your identity and your strengths manifest within that contest We've seen the Bills struggle to do that a little bit and really kind of fade away from their strengths over the last two or three weeks. And, uh, you know, it was the real apocalypse there with the loss to the Jaguars. I think the things coming out of Buffalo this week are encouraging. I think they're going to make those changes and kind of get back to this dynamic where, yeah, you're going to take some of the things that the defense gives you, but you're also going to impose your will.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that, like, it's been a very unusual situation for the Bills so far. We touched on the running backs in the 0RB edition on Thursday. It's just uh, kind of strange. The season started off pretty, really, really good, kind of where they left off last year and then been a few uh, questionable games and, and things like that. But Tyreek, who you mentioned, you know, if, if over the last um, three weeks, one of those, you know, or over the last two weeks in particular, if one of those deep shots connects where, you know, that, that one of those shots closed very quickly and sam wallace who does some excellent work um each week he is like you know putting out his buy lows and, and who we should be targeting there but each week it seems to be that he kind of quote tweets the player that he mentioned the week before and says like uh, buy-in window now close uh, so somebody like tyree kill one of those deep shots and that window is going to Close shut very, very quickly. Uh somebody else, Sean, that's in there, and we touched on the the situation with the Packers as well and um the Chiefs and Odell Beckham, but Devontae Adams obviously is somebody who has had issues both with his own uh, health with the COVID for himself, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers this past week and I want to play with um Jordan Love against the Kansas City Chiefs. So he has had a, a lot lower usage, one less game to be put into that sample size, 21 targets in that time, just the twelve receptions, hundred and eighteen yards and one touchdown. So I think like it's gonna be interesting this week. rogers should hopefully pass the protocols and be able to play this week. It'll be interesting to see how not playing over uh that kind of probably you know if you're looking now at like a well over two week stretch without kind of playing with Devonte Adams. So how that chemistry i think should still be okay but i think he's ready to bounce back in a major way um the other players that are here that i think are are quite intriguing because the value i think should be a lot more achievable if you're trying to move and acquire these guys versus the likes of hell or the likes of adams and that's jarvis landry and t higgins um the other one that's in there and we kind of give him stick at times i think on stealing bananas this week i, I can't quite remember who the I think you might have called them like the James Connor of wide receivers, might have been the phrase for Adam Thielen, uh, in terms of getting into the end zone and, and not doing a huge amount else. But those three guys feel like players that may be acquirable. How are we looking at those guys over the the remainder of the season?
3: Well, I think that's someone that we keep saying the bio low window is going to close, it's going to close, it's going to close, and then he continues to not haul in these touchdown passes. and the unfortunate thing is that Higgins finished last season so well, and he's been so heavily targeted over this last month that there's not really any question about when the production is coming or, well, that's the question is when it's not if, and unfortunately that means you can't really buy, but as someone who is playing in all these leagues, you hope that it comes before, you know, we have the, the buy window. We also have the win your league window. We want T. Higgins to start start scoring points in that window, right? Uh, so we'll we'll see if he is able to do that. Kind of one of the things that I did want to mention, because it's just kind of crazy uh, Kind of looking there at Diggs, right? His target share of 24% this year, just barely above Cole Beasley. He actually has fewer air yards than Emmanuel Sanders. And so, again, just so many ways to illustrate what isn't happening there. The crazy thing with Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill's, portfolio or his profile owes so much to those two massive games and the the nice thing with hill is obviously your first round pick is in there every time it doesn't really matter exactly to you when those points are scored because you're not going to ever have him on your bench and miss like he might have missed on a james Conner last week but because of those big games his average is in that 20 point per game range and he's actually scoring right there with jonathan taylor and austin eckler the two highest scoring healthy running backs and so we have a a receiver here who feels like a bust who is actually equaling the highest score of running now the the running back position is not scoring as many points as we might have expected this year too with now obviously the absence of Derrick henry who was getting the job done but that context i think is interesting when we think in terms of of what tyreek hill is doing and what he still might do as we go forward here
0: Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're gonna save 10%. (laughs) Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year.
3: Kind of like, oh, who are you looking at? What do you think of a Jarvis Landry who has a 28 percent target share in his three games back from injury? He's only being targeted 9.3 yards down the field and yet a 56% catch rate. When we're talking about guys to buy low based on air conversion, we're usually talking about guys with a deeper target depth where there's a little bit more variance in terms of whether or not these passes are completed. The underneath guys, you need to be able to count on them to catch passes Obviously, Landry was not needed in last week's annihilation of the Bengals. We got the long touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones. He'll probably be a little bit more involved. Anthony Schwartz, a little bit in there. You get the late touchdown pass to Njoku. So they have some other guys, even though those guys are more peripheral pieces. Nick Chubb, the long run, we have the concerns there with the COVID destination this week. Is Landry going to emerge as the wide receiver who gets enough volume and unlike what he's done in these three weeks coming back actually has the catch rate so that at least you have a good floor each week out there going out in fantasy
1: yeah i feel like landry is kind of right in the spot now where we've seen him for so long with the the dolphins you know consistency if you give him the targets he's going to catch them and they're probably going to be you know like his a dot is kind of it's 9.3 at the moment so you're within those 10 yards from the line of scrimmage they're usually going to be pretty easy conversions and then we see him get some of those deeper passes from time to time he is now going to be the wide receiver one on this offense. I know some people probably said he was a wide receiver one anyway, but it's without no question now because Odell is no longer there. Baker Mayfield is going to look to him more frequently. And I also think that this team is going to build things off play action. I think the area where he may struggle the rest of the season is in the touchdown department. But I think if we see him, you know, get five touchdowns between now and the end of the season, he's going to be in a really really strong position so out of the the three guys I mentioned I was just trying to see which way you would go I think Higgins is going to be the hardest to acquire and I think Thielen is probably in the same range maybe as Landry um in terms of where people would be looking to move I think maybe because of the touchdown people might have to pay a little bit more on Thielen I think Landry is the one I would be targeting um think the target share is going to maintain like it, it's at 20 28 percent over those last three weeks I think that there will hold, maybe increase his air yard percentage on the team as well as is, is thirty, basically 32%. So I think it's going to be interesting to see this offense evolve. Obviously, there were certain situations that they actually wanted to make sure they got Odell out of there. So uh, I think they're pretty confident in what what they still have. We've seen people's jones with the deep touchdown last week, and I think Landry is going to be a real key part of keeping the chains moving in this offense. So we're probably going to see that. You know, eight to ten targets a week, and I think he can he can get a lot of fantasy value, especially in the leagues we're playing in, which are nearly all PPR leagues that are are going to help him have that solid weekly four. But if he gets in the end zone any week, he's basically reaching straight away 20, 20 points in that that week. So I think he's he's an interesting ad if he can the rest of the way.
3: You had mentioned Adam Thielen there, and he's someone that it is always hard to bring up. The interesting thing when I was putting this together, one of the next people down as a buy low would have been Justin Jefferson, someone that we have on our main event team. The reason he didn't make the list was that his (laughs) weighted opportunity rating was actually below the cutoff I was using. And so the issue for Jefferson is this combination of a lack of efficiency and a lack of volume. Now, he gets the touchdown, so that paper's over a little bit of the fantasy element of it. But the main thing is that Jefferson is not scoring. And the Vikings are not using him. Now, there's always a slow ball based on the stuff, which uh, you know we obviously won't get into that. But the Vikings, so close, right? They, they look good throughout this game against the Ravens. You, you have the touchdown return. That's almost kind of one of those things where it can get you out of your rhythm a little bit because your offense spends so much time on the sidelines. Your defense spends so much time on the field. The Ravens ran an insane number of plays in this game. You like to see the fact that they had Jefferson involved early. They handed the ball off to him on the first drive. They get him that long touchdown early on in the game. I mean, they just have to keep going back to them. It's, it's mind-boggling when you watch this team to think that both of these guys really need more volume. I, Thielen probably doesn't need more volume between the 20s. People are probably more or less just happy. It's like, what is he good at? Well, catching touchdowns. So those are high value. Let's keep, let's keep throwing the touchdown passes. Jefferson needs to have you know 12 12 targets a game you, you have to get him more involved here
1: behind the scenes sean um for the listeners i know we did our kind of bonus shows with the the q a's and one of them we talked about how we watch the games uh this past sunday obviously we started off that main event and we're kind of deciding how the rosters will go and kind of message then yeah that's the roster set they all look good good luck in all your games this week and then like you no know, maybe 15 minutes later there's a uh, an email comes in and it's just Jefferson and, and capital letters from Sean and I'm thinking like we are off to the perfect start here in this one. That was kind of as good as it got for for last weekend. We got 15 minutes in, feeling very good, and no more players scored after that. But Justin Jefferson, you mentioned like he did have a a red zone catch uh, near the end of the game where he kind of got pushed out. Uh, inside kind of the 10 or the five yard line so it could have it could have got even better but when he gets that big score early on you think you know this is the week this is you know you talked about Tyreek Hill and the possible 40 point game that's kind of where where your mind goes when you get that deep 50 yard touchdown in the, the first quarter at that point but there was really nothing then until kind of the fourth quarter overtime at that point
3: yeah this should have been Jefferson turn off the TV it's all downhill from there yeah, right. We score. Uh, I don't think we we did I mean, we did not score a full hundred points other than that play. So luckily, the team somehow still in first place in points, which is a nice place to be in. We still have those wide receivers you mentioned. Are we going to get it back? You know, we have some of the Bengals going to the bench this week.
1: I had I had a team last week, Sean. After I kind of reviewed it after, and I've talked on the show about Joe Burrow being the guy that's kind of in on all those rosters at the FFPC and. um I have one. I have one roster, and because of the week, uh, the week by for the Ravens, uh, I looked after, and I, I, the team put up 170 points, which was which was really good. But it could have been even better because Lamar Jackson is the the other quarterback in that roster. And just by habit, I'm so used to seeing Joe Burrow in there, and there's usually no decision around who my quarterback is. And then I was like, oh, that was interesting. So I'll have to I'll have to keep an eye this week.
3: Well, Colin, Higgins there. Ben and I were trying to, to figure this out on Stealing Bananas. What, what should we pay for him? What should fantasy managers pay in Dynasty right now to get Higgins? The, the tricky part, obviously, with a young wide receiver is that the person who currently has him is, is going to want a lot. How much are, are you willing to pay? I mean, this is a situation where Higgins was a second round pick in rookie drafts a year ago. He has a good rookie season. He comes back and they draft someone over him who looks to be a superior player. And Joe Burrow has been good, but not great. We have seen what has happened to Tyler Boyd. I mean, is this a situation where Higgins has really done about what we would have expected when you combine his rookie season and his second season, and now he's in a worse situation? And, you know, so that second round rookie pick, I mean, it's kind of one of these things where these rookies are going to, increasing value the rookie receivers are unless they absolutely bust and so it's not like everybody goes up right I mean you have your Denzel Mims you have some of those kinds of plays but is it interesting to you at all that I mean Higgins has basically been just good and yet I mean you have to pay much more now than a couple years ago
1: yeah he hasn't like taken that step to kind of superstardom I guess that we were we're hoping for but obviously when Chase came in there was a little bit more tempered expectations I think when we look at Higgins like you mentioned he's in a worse situation (laughs) like last year like like Tyler Boyd has kind of uh, you know there's there's nothing really happening at the moment I don't really know that it's technically a worse situation I think we're in a similar situation to what we're going to see with the likes of uh, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton but in that we also don't have as good a quarterback as Joe Burrow so the situation like I think is is definitely not bad um going on when he came in and you know you mentioned him being a second round pick i i think he probably i think at the moment you're gonna have to still overpay because like you mentioned if anyone acquired him say last offseason they're gonna have had paid a lot and i think in this situation you're probably it's gonna be hard to pry him away from those owners i think you're gonna have to still pay above what probably the, the actual market value is I think perception is a big thing. I, I, I don't think it's been all that bad of a season. I think you might be hinting towards that. Like, in terms of second year, he's in, uh, he, he's played nine weeks now in a second season. I think overall the the whole sample size has been pretty positive. There has been some letdowns in there, but I, I'm still very positive on Higgins moving forward. You asked about a price. I don't know. I would be setting kind of an over-under of where the market value might be now at. A first and a second in terms of just pure draft picks do you think it'll be over or under that or do you think that's kind of a fair range of where price might be
3: i think the price is in that range and i and i joke to an extent because obviously higgins was very very good he's averaging eight targets a game this season and so he hasn't had any trouble demanding targets within this offense that has jamar chase he has the little bit of injury that has slowed him down a little bit he's dropped or misplayed or failed to haul in a bunch of potential touchdowns it And my personal dynasty ranking on him is extremely high. So
1: question then for you and the overall ranking, uh, like have you moved him down at all this season or are you keeping him at the same spot?
3: I've been keeping him at the same spot. And at some points he's even elevated because we have seen that he's not going to be the guy to lose the value, right? I think there was at least a tiny concern And one of the reasons why it's so frustrating about how bad he's been or how unhelpful he's been from a fantasy perspective is just that he, I, I mean, I was understating his rookie season. His rookie season was fantastic. He came into the off season and the reports out of Cincinnati were unreal about how well he was playing. And you can see that Burrow looks to him constantly early in the game on the big third downs. He has the ability to get deep. He's also worked as more of a possession type of threat this year. You know, when they go underneath and are trying to convert these plays, it's not necessarily, you know, to Tyler Boyd that they're going, which, you know, I've been concerned that, basically I should say, I think there's another step coming for this offense, right? Because there are a lot of plays in which Burrow looks around, doesn't have anybody and gets sacked or has to throw the ball away. And that's hard to understand. Because we know that Tyler Boyd has been, throughout the last couple years, one of the best players in football in terms of getting open quickly underneath. And so, you know, if if Burrow doesn't have a chance to get to him in the read before he's getting hit, then you've got some flaws in terms of how you're setting things up. And if you're not getting to him when he's the guy who's actually going to come open, then, you know, the pre-snap read is not good enough. And if the scheme is not putting Boyd in a situation where he can beat the guy that he's facing in a lot of these one-on-one coverages, then your overall game plan isn't good enough and so there are a lot of different steps in this that are kind of hard to understand to have player i mean to inject jamar chase into this offense and have him do what he's done and for them to look the way that they have generally looked it, it doesn't make any sense right and so i think one of two things has to happen number one is that defenses sort of adjust to chase the early things that he did on some of the big plays were fluky. Now, again, we know he's not going to make all of those plays, for the same reason that we know Tyreek Hill is not going to miss all of those plays that he's missed recently with Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be some balancing out of that. The reason those guys are so valuable is because they can make some of those plays, and then they're also valuable around the rest of the field as well. But unless Jamar Chase sort of ceases to be what he's been in the early going, the only other option for this offense is for it to blow up because t higgins and tyler boyd are too good i mean i think that we have to consider the fact that joe burrow is maybe more of a very average quarterback than a superstar you know you go back and look at what he did in college and it's like it's not hard to understand why lsu was so good when you have jamar chase and justin jefferson perhaps the two best nfl wide receivers currently were on that team you know that's going to push you into that number one overall pick category but again he didn't have either one of those two guys last year as a rookie in cincinnati and he did some really impressive things before the injury again a lot of our similarity score tools in the road screener for example put his rookie season the portion of you played of it uh in the same category as someone like andrew luck and so you know i think because we've had those big plays to chase that it's easy to think, okay, well, you know, he's back when in fact, I mean, he's, he's not back at all yet. Right. I mean, he's still very much in the process of trying to recover from that knee injury. And so we're going to see a lot more from these guys. So while you can't help, but be very concerned, just that the volume has been so bad for Tyler Boyd. I think that he obviously is a buy. And then with T Higgins, the fact that just so many of these passes have been so close, but not quite. I mean, he's obviously a buy. So I would be willing to pay more than that first and the second, I don't don't think that's going to get it done in most cases.
1: Yeah, I'm still very excited. I did mention that as kind of the question I was putting was an over-under for the the first and second round pick. I think that's probably in a range, but I I mentioned you probably have to pay over that. So I would say you're probably looking at like, you know, two firsts or a first and two seconds. But, um, and I also wanted to correct myself. I did mention he was nine games into second season. He did miss week three and four. So only seven games played this season and looking back on week one and two a touchdown in both of those weeks so it got off to a fast start but i think there might be some residual effects from that injury still lingering there as well but that's going to get us sean towards the end of today's show we are ready for week 10 we hope the the listeners are ready for week 10 and we appreciate everyone who's listening in as always drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app and we have mentioned it the last couple of weeks but if you drop a new written, it will refresh and uh, it helps the algorithm over with the apple podcast so we would appreciate that very very much if you have a minute or two this weekend if you want to sign up for Rotoviz nfl pass if you haven't done so already or if you want to extend your subscription you can add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout to get a 10 discount get you access to all of the content and tools up on rotoviz.com and you can go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on that offer. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. He is also the co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast with Ben Gretz. So make sure you're checking out that fantastic show as well and check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show next week, have a good one.